everybody, and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And this is episode 77 of the RV Miles podcast. To get today's show notes, you can head over to rvmiles.com slash podcast. And RV Miles is all across social media. Just search RV Miles on your favorite platform. And then if you want to keep up with Jason and I as we travel around with Jack, Ethan, Henry, and Wanderbus, we are over at ourwanderingfamily.com. And we are also across social media. Just search Our Wandering Family. We have a jam-packed show for you this week. We're going to talk about our travels to Chicago recently and our visit to Abby's visit to the Travel and Adventure Show. Uh, Maybe a little bit about Jack and I's visit to the The ER. (laughs) The ER, (laughs) yes, the emergency room, as well as the... uh, the the boat and oh, RV that show. Other thing that you was and what Jack, I was yeah, going to mention. The other thing you guys did. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot about that. We uh, we also have an interview this week with Doug Eulenbrock from the Family Motor Coach Association, uh, talking about their annual events and what you can get out of joining the Family Motor Coach Association, the FMCA. We're members. It's a really great organization, and there's a lot of different discounts and and a magazine, a lot of cool stuff. So we're excited to give you all of that information. We've got a great tip for sprucing up your older RV, really easy way to to make it look a lot newer. And we've got a new brain teaser and some really sort of earth-shattering RV industry news coming up. But first, this episode is sponsored by L.L. Bean. That was a lot of a rundown that you just did right there, Isn't sir. It? it was a whole lot. And you want to get through this in 40 minutes. I do. <laughs> this year, L.L. Bean is joining up with the National Park Foundation, the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service, to help you find your happy place in an amazing system of more than 400 national parks, including historic and cultural sites, monuments, preserves, lake shores, and seashores that dot the American landscape many of which you'll find just a short trip from home. L.L. Bean is proud to be an official partner of the National Park Foundation. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. Before we head into the news, I want to mention we're coming to you this week from Milan, Illinois. The Quad Cities. My hometown, the Quad Cities area. We were intending to be in Kansas City by now. We were intending to be at the Mid-America RV show this weekend. Yes, and um, that is not happening we, thanks to Mother Nature. Yeah, we decided to avoid the big snowstorm that's traveling across the country and and not travel on, on snowy days. And Well, here's the thing, too. I bet Saturday at that RV show is going to be crazy yeah. because you know what happens on Sunday in Kansas City? Yeah, nobody's going to be there. Ain't nobody going to be there because we need to take Tom Brady to school <laughs> In order to get to the Super Bowl. So everybody in Kansas City is going to be hunkered down because it's going to be freezing. Yeah. 70,000 people are going to be at the Chiefs game and then everybody else is going to be at home watching the game itself. So if you're not a big football fan and you're in the Kansas City area, Sunday might be the day you actually want to go to the RV show because I bet (laughs) they would really like to have you there. I'm sure they would. Uh, It was a really great experience last year. And if you happen to be in the area, I do hope you Go check out the Mid-America RV show. Yeah, we're a little disappointed we won't make it, but, you know, we're expecting, I think, like five to six inches of snow in this area. Yeah. It's just not a good idea we're to travel. We're just going to stay here, have some chili, and watch, yeah. watch a couple football games. We're going to play some euchre. We're going to eat some pizza. All the things you do in January in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's jump <laughs> right into the news because there is a lot to talk about this week with this major, major story just breaking today as we record this on Friday. I wish we had one of those breaking news sounds. Friday before this episode releases. (laughs) Ding, 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 (laughs) ding. With the earth spinning around, rotating, and the words breaking news. news. In all seriousness, this is, this is a a just earth shattering story. And, and, uh, well, I hope it's not entirely true, but it, Sounds like it is. Well, um, I, who puts a story out like this 
this big and then comes yeah. back and was like, gotcha. Just joking. Well, JK, JK. They, I mean, there, there's not sort of double confirmation of this yet, but this is the, the Erwin Heimer group of North America. So Erwin Heimer, we, you may remember us talking about them before they manufacture the Heimer brand of class B RVs and they bought road track RVs, which really is road track is the class B camper van market in well, the Well, they're US. the poster child in a sense for the Class B. When you think of a Class B, a lot of times here, at least in North America, the first thing you think is road track. Erwinheimer is also a global company. They manufacture 25% of the RVs in Europe. So Erwinheimer North America has been uh, hit with a major scandal. This is reported in the RV Daily Report uh, industry website. And what has happened is, so, so I guess it started about a week ago, uh, 100 people were laid off. There are 1,000 people that work there. 100 people were laid off. In the last week, no new vans have come in for the employees to convert. So when the, these Class B vans, they come from Mercedes-Benz or they come from Ford. And they, they roll in and they, you know, they cut them apart and they build them into a class B camper van. No new units have come in. Employees have been sitting around. They've gotten no information about why hundred people were laid off and they saw their CEO marched out of the building. And so, not in a friendly way. He was, he was escorted yeah. out. So what we know now is that, so that all happened in the last week. What we know now today, the sources have been telling uh, RV Daily Report that the CEO, Jim Hamill, the CFO, Mark Weigel, and the chief operating officer, Howard Stratton, have all been terminated from Erwinheimer, North America, which is in Kitchener, Ontario, by the way. Effective immediately, at least one of them was escorted out of the building. We know that. And the what what the sources are telling RV Daily Report is that 1,700 invoices for new RVs may have been fabricated, falsified with fake VIN numbers, never made hundred million dollars worth of invoices. I mean, you're talking, we're talking about 150, $200,000 RVs here, hundred million dollars worth of invoices, more than that. And that money was instead funneled into bank accounts owned by these three executives and their family members. Some of those family members of which were on the payroll of the company, but never actually worked for the company. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark right now. Or the state of Ontario. Or the state of Ontario. This is the Canadian Hamlet. I think why this is all coming out, and we don't know for sure, but it seems like why this is all coming out is that the company is under an audit because they're supposed to be being purchased by Thor. Thor is the biggest RV manufacturer in America, and Thor is buying not only Erwinheimer North America, but they're buying the Erwinheimer Group in I Europe. I imagine that the North American branch of Erwinheimer, when they heard that this was happening with Thor, if this indeed ends up being true, those three guys had to have just been. They had to have known. Yeah, yeah, they I had mean, to have known that they were in a whole lot of doo-doo. Because this is what happens when there, when there's a big buyout, there's always an yeah. audit that happens. So it seems like the audit is bringing all this stuff to light and it may kill this deal with Thor. Thor would be the largest manufacturer of RVs in the world with this purchase. Well, there is certainly seven, you said 1700, I think 1700 missing Class B's yeah. that Thor would have seen inside the number that they were presented when, you know, as the whole negotiation for purchase was going through. They have probably seen numbers coming from North America that are inaccurate well, because of all of the moving of money that supposedly these three individuals have been doing. Dealerships have said on paper, it looks like we've sold more RVs than we have. That doesn't seem right. And I think some of this has come from dealers that have been questioning the company figures that they're showing them selling more road truck RVs than, than they order. And this is also unfortunate too, because you know, it's going to have a trickle down effect and the people it's going to hurt the most are those down at the bottom. Yeah. Because they're the ones who the dealers, the factory workers, this was going to be such a, 
a big move for Irwinheimer, especially in North America. And with their purchasing of Road Trek, what does that do to the Road Trek brand now? And this was this has been such a big time for class, even though we've talked about the orders for RVs have been down over the last six months or so nationwide. Orders for class B's have skyrocketed 30%. Now, some of that clearly has been falsified, Yeah, I, but yeah, not there will 30%. Prob- there will probably be a decrease in the number being purchased and probably the price is going to well, drop big time. I think time. a lot of people have purchased RVs that are supposed to be being built in this factory and okay. are waiting on them because there was that big point. wait for all of those, uh, the 2019 Sprinter vans that people ordered, but but Mercedes didn't deliver them because Amazon bought a ton of them. So I think people are are going to be having canceled orders. I think this is going to be worse than it than it even sounds for them. Hopefully they survive. It's an important company. It's an important company for the uh, community of Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, it's an important piece of the RV industry in in America and in Canada as well. Hopefully, even if all of this does come to be completely true or worse, hopefully they can uh, come in and right the ship and 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 fix it. Yeah, and clearly they're making the move to do that because they have removed these three top individuals. I suspect they will be bringing in new individuals to take over those positions. There will be a massive overhaul and a whole lot of oversight. There's clearly not enough oversight. There's not enough people looking at these that three individuals can embezzle, supposedly embezzle that much money. A hundred million dollars. For that long. And they and, had to work together. Right. That's a convert. Where do you start that conversation with someone? You cannot go to someone and have the conversation like, hey, how was your weekend? Would you like to embezzle some money with me? You have to make sure that that person they have to have the right kind of je ne sais quoi. I don't even know what to say in order to just go up to someone and feel confident that you can do that with them and then bring someone else in and bring your family in on the payroll. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, this is amazing. This is bigger than the RV industry. I mean, this is a, a major scandal in North American manufacturing. It really is. And, uh, What did we say that 2019 was going to be quite an interesting year for the RV industry? And we are 19 days into it. And look what we're talking about already. All right. Let's move on to some other news. Uh, There's some good news coming from Winnebago. Very good news. Winnebago has uh, for a while has offered great options for people who are disabled to customize their their vehicles uh, for wheelchair lifts and accessible bathrooms and like. But it's always been something you had to custom order and uh, was rather pricey to do. It was pricey. There's a lot of work involved in it. Now, Winnebago is taking a major step that other RV manufacturers have not done to formalize their their floor plans in three different motorhomes for disabled access. These are three of their major motorhomes that they already have the intent, the adventurer, and the Forza. Uh, these are all the AE edition, which stands for accessibility enhanced. And they offer a platform wheelchair lift that can lift uh, up to 800 pounds. They offer a power roll-up lift door, uh, wall mount, and and sort of lower mounted everything. So your access to all your control panels and everything is all lowered down for people that are in wheelchairs, faucets, shower heads, a raised toilet with assist bars and a, a roll under sink, adjustable electric bed, and then, and then optional accessible options like a, a, a track that they have those tracks that they put in the ceiling of homes to help a disabled person move throughout without being in the wheelchair uh, that they can install that inside the RVs, lower microwave placement, all kinds of really great stuff. And it's all formalized in a, a model that you can just order stock. And they unveiled this at the Florida RV show. Yes. Just, yeah. Which is going on by the way now through the weekend. And so I think it's great that they had a model there that people at one of the biggest RV shows in the country, they could go in, they could see for themselves 
what can be done. And it is, again, the idea that this lifestyle, it really is for everyone and it should be for everyone. Well, a, a motorhome is a really great way for a disabled person to travel if if they can get a motorhome that's accessible to them because yeah. especially if they have if they have special diet needs they carry their own kitchen with them uh, instead of having to transfer seats in an airplane they're riding in the comfort of their own home instead of you know having to be wheeled on those silly wheelchairs that they they make people use in a, in a airplane and then switch out to another seat and you can have your service animal with you all that sort of stuff so i think that's really great on on Winnebago and we're, when we're super happy that they've, they've gone and, and made that big step in the industry that I think other manufacturers are now going to have to take. Yes, they are. Finally, in the news, we want to mention our latest edition of the America's National Parks podcast. This one was uh, another special one to us because, you know, we felt during the sh- government shutdown that is going on right now, uh, there's so many rangers that are either furloughed or they're working, but not getting paid. And, uh, you know, we did this episode called Rangers Make the Difference a few months ago. Back in July for World Ranger Day, yeah, I believe. It was short stories of, of rangers making a difference. And we decided we would do a, a second edition of that this yeah. week. So we hope you'll check that out because we think it's pretty special to celebrate these rangers, especially now when when it's needed the most. Well, and the stories are really fascinating too. Some of them you might have heard of, but there, you know, there are a couple that you just you don't realize how much rangers do beyond caring for the park itself. And these are a lot of the stories are talking about rangers really going in and assisting people. The story about the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, I really had no idea about that. And that's prompted some discussion between Jason and I for further episodes. But like you said, these episodes are really near and dear to our heart because the rangers are the heart of the National Park Service. So it's nice to be able to honor them from time to time. Yeah, I think one of the things that people don't realize it's happening right now without the national parks being staffed by anything other than the law enforcement rangers is that you don't have you don't have rangers like scoping out the trails and saying, this trail's dangerous today. We're going to close this trail today. You don't have them sitting in the ranger station looking at the weather report, seeing that a snowstorm, for instance, is is has changed direction and it, and it is now heading straight towards the park. It's now heading straight towards where people are camping. They do a lot so that we don't have to do a lot when yeah. we're there, because often when we are in the parks, we are in vacation mode. They are in work mode. And so they keep us safe while we're in there, plain and simple. We'll provide a link to that episode as well as our recent news articles in the show notes. We're going to be right back with the answer to last week's brain teaser. Be right back. We are back with the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. When I'm first said, I'm quite mysterious. But when I'm explained, I'm nothing serious. What am I? A riddle. A riddle. A lot of you got this one. Yeah. Because wasn't this the used answer in, was itself. <laughs> wasn't this used in a Batman movie? Was this, was it a Riddler I feel it like it was. Oh, I think it was. It was in the, I, yes. in, the, in, the, in, the in the Jim Carrey. Yes, because when you did this last week, I was just conjuring up a lot of images of Batman yeah. and I couldn't figure out why. And I think that this was something that was used in the movie or the Lego movie yeah. or the kids or something. There's something in the Batman no, universe. It was, it was it was the one with Jim Carrey. Can you believe Jim Carrey and, was in Batman? And who played Robin? Who was Robin? In that uh, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Holy rusted metal, Batman. <laughs> no, the metal. It's holy and it's, rusted. It's holy and rusted. Classic. Classic, Classic Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our winner this week is Patty Clemens from California, who will receive a Not All Who Wander or Lost t-shirt. And you'll have a chance to win yours coming up at the end of the show. All right. We had a tip this week that that I wanted to give you guys. And I, I had sort of run into this on the internet and I thought it was a really great idea and and sort of realized that I kind of did a little bit of the same thing 
on our bus. If your RV is getting a little bit older, there are some little simple things that you can do to spruce it up a bit. One of the things that ages quite quickly is plastic on the outside of your RV. And what I mean by plastic is the door to your electric plug-in, the door to your water hookup, uh, all those sorts of little plastic hatches and, and things that yellow over time. If they were white, they often get yellow after so many years. So what you can simply do to make your RV look so much newer, tape that all off with masking tape and take a can of spray paint. Go to town. Spray it white. That's all you got to do. And you'll be amazed. I saw some photos online of, of, of the amazing difference. It, I mean, it really will make a RV look five years newer. It's not super time consuming. No. You can, it's an afternoon project. There is something about painting a space white. Every, it just every time you just feel like you're in a brand new space. Yeah. doesn't even matter. We're two years into now being in Wanderbus and I'm already starting to think about going through again and painting. Repainting. Yeah. Repainting. Yeah. yeah. I want to. I do too. That is our tip for this week. Let's move on to talking about our adventures in Chicago. But first, this segment is sponsored by Go Sun. When you're out camping in the wild, miles from the nearest propane or electrical hookup, every bit of energy and fuel matters. With Go Sun solar cookers, you can cook full hot meals without propane, without electricity, without wood. Go Sun cookers trap the sun's rays to steam, bake, roast, and boil, even when it's cloudy, using special reflectors to grab available heat and trap it in a borosilicate glass tube where food cooks at up to 550 degrees. Three different models offer the perfect combination of portability and cooking capacity. Visit gosun.co, that's .co, and use the code RVMILES for 15% off all GoSun solar cookers. Support this small Cincinnati-based company looking to change the way the world cooks with free energy and no harmful smoke or emissions. That's gosun.co and use the code RVMILES for 15% off. So we are just back from visiting... First, we went to Chicago, and then we went to visit visit our friends that are just across the border of Illinois in, in, into Wisconsin. But while we were in Chicago, we visited a couple of different uh, trade shows and uh, and were able to go see some museums, go back to our old neighborhood, and it was kind of fun. It was really fun. We did an Airbnb because it's January and nobody should be yeah. camping in Chicago well, in January. Well, and also pretty much no campgrounds open <laughs> yeah. in Chicago it's in January. Happening. So it was fun because we Airbnb'd into our old neighborhood, into the Andersonville neighborhood on the north side, and just got to sort of bounce around on the couple of days when the weather was cooperating. Our last two days in the Chicago area were just so cold. I mean, obviously we were there in January, but it really did remind me a lot of like how we didn't really leave our apartment for like January, February, March. You know? <laughs> well, well, the first two days we were there were unseasonably warm. Unseasonably too, warm nice. and then very cold, yeah. but it was nice. We went to the Museum of Science and Industry. They've done a little bit of changes since we were there. Some that the kids liked, some the kids didn't like. Uh, we also got to check out our local ER, which is a very typical Epperson thing to be doing <laughs> in Chicago. Prior to moving out of the apartment, we were well known around the Lurie Children's Hospital, many multiple floors. They knew us, uh, some being from accidents, just some being natural stuff our boys were born with and being treated for. But we, uh, we're not in the apartment longer than 15. I think you were still unpacking the car yeah. when Jack took a tumble. And it should be noted, if you if you ever run into us on the road or, you know, happen to see us somewhere, uh, please make sure that all rugs are securely battened down. <laughs> there, there's something about Epperson's and rugs. Uh, Jason fractured his wrist back in November when we were in California tripping over a rug while we were here in Chicago. Jack goes, you know, bounding through the living room, trips on the rug and takes his full body weight into his elbow, which slams into the hardwood floor. Now, I Jason was, like I said, out in the car getting the luggage. I was in the restroom with our five-year-old and Jack is screaming for me in the living room and 
after about 15, 20 minutes, it just became clear that it didn't seem like he was getting better. Yeah, and it, by the way, he couldn't move it and would scream in pain when yes. it moved slightly. It, that was it, our first clue. Maybe something was wrong. It he was like seemed screaming. like something was broken, yeah. Yeah, so uh, within an hour and a half of being in Chicago, being settled back into a very classic Chicago apartment, you know, it was, it really felt like walking back into spaces that we knew. Uh, we were also walking back into another space we knew, which was the ER. And Jason and Jack spent Monday evening waiting to be seen. Thankfully, it was the elbow and surrounding areas was not broken. They yeah. did not see a fracture. He got some x-rays, looked he, totally fine. It did. And, and they even let him keep the x-rays, which he <laughs> thought was pretty cool. So that's how we kicked off our time in Chicago, uh, by just kind of doing our, our old thing, yeah. you know, getting hurt and having somebody take care of it for us. <laughs> Luckily, Jack uh, healed enough in time for me to take him to the Chicago boat RV and sail show. Yes. We talked about a little bit last week, but. And you guys went on probably the coldest, if not one of the coldest days while we were there. It was the beginning of the show. So it was, it was kind of dead, which was nice because we got to go around to all the RVs that were there, but also go on to the yachts. You know, I love walking through RVs, right? This place didn't have like the $500,000 plus RVs, but they did have like the multi-million dollar <laughs> Yachts. Yeah, they made up for it by having multi-million dollar <laughs> so yachts. So we got to go on on some some big yachts with like four bedrooms in them and two galleys, and then some big some of the big sailboats, like the three bedroom sailboats. Maybe one day we will be doing yacht life. Yeah, and it'll become the. I don't know. That seems to be like the thing now. Like everybody, <laughs> yes. all these big RV bloggers and and YouTubers from the last decade have sort of either moved on to yachting or are moving to like houses in Europe. Yes. Well, it's a, they have to find a new niche because this one is so saturated now that, you know, they've got to figure out a way to keep their brand relevant. So maybe that'll be us. Maybe know. it will. I mean, we love RV, so we're going to stick here. We for, do. I for do quite have a while. I have dreams in three years. I have a timeline three years from now. I would really like this family to do an extended backpacking trip through Europe. Yeah, got but it, that uh, yeah. would be like, that would be temporary. That wouldn't be right. like We would come home thing. to our yeah. RV. We would come home yeah. to Wanderbus or wherever we are in three years. I don't even know where we're going to be in three days. <laughs> <laughs> I want to share uh, just a couple observations from, from that RV show, though. Um, the first one being, we, every time we're back here, you know, we're staying with my parents. Uh, they start talking about getting an RV. They do. Right. So, and they're really into getting a class B and maybe not a road truck. We keep, well, uh, <laughs> maybe they can get one cheap now, <laughs> uh, but we keep looking at the videos of leisure travel fans. I'll share one in the show notes. The guy that's, that does the YouTube vi videos for leisure travel vans is the most amazing salesperson you'll ever see. He's so good. <laughs> One of the videos, he ends up jumping in a lake at the end of it. He is incredibly good. With anyway, his fine Italian loafers on and everything. <laughs> it's just, it's fantastic. <laughs> so we got, we got sort of, we've get sucked into watching some of these RV tour videos with my parents, but Jack and I were able to go tour a couple leisure travel vans at the Chicago boat RV and sail show. And man, I'll tell you, those are the best class B's I've been in. I mean, there are some that are nicer, like the Airstreams are incredibly nice, but you're going to pay for it. And they're not, I didn't think quite laid out as well as leisure travel vans. They're really great, great class BRV. Well, the couple of videos that we watched, clearly, I mean, this man was doing his job. I wish I knew his name so I could refer to him by name, but he was clearly doing his job because I got done with that video and I was ready to sign on the dotted right. line. So to hear you then say, because I wasn't with you, to hear you say, you know, you guys walked through one and what you watched in the video, that feeling you had watching the video translated into the feeling you had actually being in the space. I think that that not only is the great sign that this man definitely knew his product, but just like speaks to the product. And, you know, you and I are already like, oh, that's, that's what we want, yeah. you know, 20 years from now, 15 now, years from now. we go back and forth on that, but right now that's what we're on. Yeah, today that's what we want. I mean, this <laughs> But the cool in thing January. is what I don't like about what I've never really loved about Class Bs is I don't like the small wet bath. 
where you've yeah. got the toilet in the shower and stuff. And I don't, I don't care that the toilet's in the shower. I just don't like it to be so small. Leisure travel vans have a lot of floor plans where they've got, they have, you, you sacrifice other space, but you get a full residential bathroom. I just really need to see this in action. Yeah. I'd really like to walk through one myself. Yeah. I didn't have any RVs or anything to look at when I was at the travel yeah. and adventure show, but that's okay. I had so much more to do. <laughs> the, the other thing I wanted to mention, I, I brought this up a little bit last week, is that there were a lot of these destination trailers there. And if you don't know what a destination trailer is, it is is sort of like a combination between a travel trailer and a park model trailer. They're not meant to be towed constantly all across the country. They're a bit heavier than it's most travel trailers. It's like a tiny trailers. house almost, but well, like a cross between a an RV and a tiny house. Like it's meeting in the middle. They've got like sliding glass doors. Right, right. And multiple bathrooms and bedrooms and super comfy, very long, big, heavy, all that. But if you want to go two weeks at a time, a month at a time to different locations, or if you're one of those people that that just snowbirds, you live in a house for, for most of the year. And in the winter, you tow your RV down to the South and stay in, in one resort. These would be perfect for that. I could do it. Yeah. Um, or you could, you could even leave it down in the South somewhere right. in you storage just, and yeah. then take your truck down there and pick it up. That would be what I would do if yeah. I was only going to have it in one location. I wouldn't drive it all the way yeah. back up to my place. Yeah. So definitely check those out if that's the kind of lifestyle you're in into for RVing, but Abby was then able to go on her own, you know, since we didn't have sitters and stuff, we sort of split up doing different things. We could have taken the kids, but it would have been a mess. I'm so glad we didn't take them. (laughs) You know, we had, so on Saturday last week, I went to the Chicago travel and adventure show. Now that is really going to be focused on what its name is, travel and adventure. Rick Steves spoke, Samantha Brown spoke, and the founder of Fromers, I can't, I apologize, I can't remember her first name. I think it's Pauline. Pauline, yes, thank you. So Pauline Fromer spoke as well. And what you're going to get, and this is, I really loved this show. This, I think, is a little bit more in my wheelhouse. I'm glad that I ended up going to this one and that Jason did the boat and RV show. That's really more his wheelhouse. So I went on Saturday. It was started, it was snowing, and the place was packed. I'm so glad we did not bring our kids a, because it gave me a chance to really explore because one of the things you get at these travel and adventure shows, and I recommend them to any RVer because these shows are going to have state and city tourism representatives. So I was able to go around and talk to tourism boards from all different kinds of states across the country, as well as individual cities. And it really gave me a flavor of some of the areas that I feel like we should go to visit. It was great to be able to talk to them about their town, their state, what makes it special to them. Their enthusiasm for what they do can really sort of influence you wanting to go there. So there was a great North American, or I should say U.S. representation there, minus the East Coast. The East Coast was surprisingly really underrepresented. I think Maine was there, and that was it. And there was really no one from the Pacific Northwest either. But Arizona, Arizona came to play at this travel and adventure show. They had an artist who was replicating a piece of art about the Grand Canyon. And then they were going to give that away. Like it was going to be a prize at the end of the day. They had wineries that were there and you could go and you could sample wine. I walked around, I sampled wine, I sampled beer, sampled some food from different, different locales. It's just a really great way to get an idea of maybe where you might want to travel in your RV for 2019 or, or even just to dream and beyond. And I didn't really have that mindset of when I went to it. But by the time I left, I thought, I absolutely have to go to this again next year. I want to know what's going on with these states here. Who is RV friendly? You know, there were a couple places I talked to that had said, we want to do something for RVs. We're, we're building a park. I heard a lot of that, which was really great. I talked to a lot of people about the need for more RV parks. And so 
there's definitely these travel and adventure shows. They aren't just cruises and those are certainly there and they're awesome. And there are certainly a million representatives from across the world. That is so cool too. But there is definitely in the North American and U.S. section of these shows an understanding and a desire to reach the RV community and get them to come to their state, get them to come to their city. It reminds me a bit of when I was a kid, my mom would help me write in to different state tourism boards and they, they'll send you a, a packet of brochures and like their guides and a map of the <laughs> state. I used to do that all the time. And I loved getting that stuff in the mail. You get bumper stickers and stuff from them. This is, I didn't know this about you until just 10 seconds ago, but I came home from the travel and adventure show and I had a reusable bag full of brochures and I did not get them from me. I got them from my husband because my husband loves brochures. (laughs) I I can't pass one of those brochure racks without grabbing 10. No, you don't grab 10. It's a good day if you grab 10. I got (laughs) to decide which one's not to grab. It's hard. This is clearly something that has been fostered in you from a very young age. And it it makes so much sense (laughs) now. Um, There's something else I want to talk about, too, about this show that I really liked. And first off, they had fantastic guest speakers. They had their three main guest speakers, but then they had a couple other stages. They also had a world music stage. So they really did a fantastic job about representing all the different ways you can travel. River cruises are like the it thing. Yeah, they're the it thing right now. So they had several seminars on how to navigate a river cruise. And I was pretty much ready to sign on the dotted line, like get me on the next river cruise. But I listened for a really long time to both Rick Steves, but then I listened to Samantha Brown talk and she talked about something that really resonated with me. I shared it with Jason and she talked about something that she calls B-side travel. And I really felt like her definition of it defines kind of what Jason and I not only do here at RV Miles, but how we travel ourselves. And she said, you know, you can have A-side travel, which is it's like a record, okay, you have your A-side and your B-side, right? And the A-side is going to be places, New York, Tokyo, Hong Kong, London, Paris, LA, San Francisco, all these, you know, it destinations. Think the big 10 national parks, Yellowstone, Yosemite, Mount Rushmore, Grand Canyon. But then if you flip it over, you have your B-side, which are all of these other destinations that are not inhabited by all of us, which are travelers. And those are the places where you can really have some impactful and amazing experiences as you adventure around. And that really struck with me because we all love our A-side travel. And and don't get me wrong, the Big Ten parks are amazing. We had a great time in LA. We love New York. But some of our best adventures for 2019 happened in places like Omaha. Yeah. You know, Roswell, Roswell, our time in New Mexico and some of those smaller locations, but that were central, even the, even the national monuments, the national historic sites. Sometimes when we go to those national park service locations, they end up leaving such a, a larger mark on us. And I just thought that that was a really interesting way to re-examine how we travel Because those A-side locations, they are overrun with tourism. We hear that all of the time. There are just millions of people visiting these must-see, and I'm using air quotes here, must-see places, and they have incredible value. But so do the B-side locations. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's great to be around all those people. We don't hate crowds. Oh, no, not at all. We love people handle crowds constantly and it is so nice to get away and have the peace and quiet and to have rangers to yourself to have just special destinations to yourself to not be waiting in line to take a picture of a waterfall to use the national parks as an example and i know we use them a lot but i'm gonna stick with it mount rushmore is a side right wind cave national park was b side In our experience, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that our experience at Wind Cave far surpassed our time at Rushmore. And yet, depending on the time of year, 
Rushmore is you're crushed with people. And then you just go a little bit further away from there and you get into Wind Cave National Park. And yes, it's it's busy, but you're not crushed. You know, it's kind of like saying, well, I'm going to go to Chicago or maybe instead I go and I check out Des Moines yeah, or I go check out Cincinnati or Indianapolis or, you know, gosh, go to Galena. I mean, you know, there's just so many other places in and around that one hub that can offer just as lovely an experience. There are so many towns all across this country, towns and natural places that not only offer beauty and wonder, but they're also fighting for your tourism dollars and want you to come there. So they, they really lay out the red carpet for you in some of these places. They do. And I just appreciated her talk, Samantha Brown's talk at that travel and adventure show, because she really did advocate for those essentially small businesses of tourism, you know, the B-sides. And I would encourage anyone, if that resonates with you, when you go to plan your travels this year, just think if I just go 100 miles from this A-side location, what do I get instead? I also think it's just great if you're an RV traveler to not just get all your information from RV blogs and RV websites and RV podcasts. Yeah, don't get you it know, all from us because we do not know everything. <laughs> and, you know, go if you're on YouTube, look at other travel type channels that aren't RVers. Look at, you know, when you go to blogs, look at, at food bloggers that are finding amazing food destinations around the country. That stuff is going to help inform your travels uh, a lot more than just, just staying in, in one lane. And uh, and I think your your travels will be a lot more fruitful because of it. Yeah. And I left just feeling really inspired by her and feeling really inspired by some of the plans that we have for our travels this year and what we're going to do, because I do want to go to more of those B-side locations. I want to me, that's really where you get a flavor for that state, for that town, for the locals in that area is when you can just try to go and immerse yourself in medium. I don't even want to say small town. I mean, there's small town is wonderful too. We're just talking mid-sized America here. Yeah. All right. That's sort of our, our trip to Chicago and our experience over the last sort of week and a half or so. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Doug Eulenbrock from the Family Motor Coach Association. Stick around. We are back with our interview segment with the Family Motor Coach Associations, the FMCA's Doug Eulenbrock. I, I had a nice conversation with Doug and he talked to me quite a bit about the history of the organization. FMCA is a wonderful organization where you can get a lot of discounts, a lot of community, friendship. And a super cool plaque yeah. to put on the back of Wanderbus yeah. or your RV. <laughs> oh, it doesn't have to be on the back of my bus. So we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, this segment is sponsored by National Indoor RV Centers. National Indoor RV Centers make RV travel simple, fun, and hassle-free, offering convenient indoor storage with round-the-clock security and on-site maintenance and repair that can handle paint and body, oil changes, brakes, tires, glass, upholstery, slide work, and even generator work. They even accept factory and extended warranties. Valet service pulls your RV in and out of storage. They'll check your tire pressure, charge and check battery fluids, fill your fresh water and cool your fridge down before departure. I will never tire of saying that. They even have on-site propane and dump stations and their wash and detail crews can clean your RV inside and out. You can find National Indoor RV Centers in Atlanta, Dallas and Phoenix and at their new Las Vegas facility. They are offering RV Miles listeners Three months free with code RVMILES3. That's all one word. That's three free months at their new Las Vegas location with offer code RVMILES3. 
space is extremely limited. So visit VegasIndoorRVStorage.com to get started today. And we will link to this offer as well as that website in the show notes. All right. Without further ado, here is my interview with Doug Eulenbrock from the Family Motor Coach Association. Doug, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having us. So if we could start out by getting a little overview of of what FMCA is and what kind of the history of the organization is. Um, FMCA, um, it, it's Family Motor Coach Association. Uh, the association was, was started in 1963 and kind of has some interesting, at least to us, uh, interesting uh, origins. A guy named Bob Richter. Um, there was going to be an, uh, an eclipse of the sun and he was trying to get some folks together to go see it. Now he had a bus that he had retrofitted to be a camper. So he was looking around for people throughout the area and kind of word spread. And, and they got a group of people to come up to Brunswick, Maine to check this thing out. And they all went to this school and they camped out there and they watched the, watched the eclipse. And then they started talking about, you know, forming a, a group, a club, of owners of the, these type of vehicles, because at that time there weren't really a whole lot of, uh, motor homes on the road. This is 1963. The production motor homes weren't really, if there were any, there weren't many. Um, it was mostly folks who were taking buses and, uh, old, uh, milk wagons and things like that and converting them. So these guys got together and they formed a group and they, they named it FMCA and, um, they went about the process of turning it into a company and, from there, it just, it continued to grow. And, and, you know, up until about a year ago, it was just all motorhomes. Uh, recently we've changed over to add, um, all RVs. So we welcome, you know, in the past year, a whole new, uh, segment of the RVing population. And what does the organization do today? The organization it has multi layers, I guess we, you know, our membership base, that's our base of people. Um, and there are a number of benefits that are involved there. You know, we have our magazine, Family Motor Coaching, now Family RVing. It has been going on since 1964 on a, on a monthly basis, uh, except for at the very beginning, it was quarterly. Since then, it's been monthly. Every month, uh, we come out with a new magazine. One of the great benefits of FMCA, it has all kinds of technical articles, um, a lot of, uh, you know, places to go, things to do while you're RVing. There's a number of other benefits as well from our, our insurance offerings. The conventions that we do are a member benefit. There's a number of other things, you know, discount programs. When you are a member of FMCA, there's a number of chapters that are available for you to join or to find out about. So um, it, it's a social organization, but it's more. It's an educational organization, but it's more. Um, so there's a lot of different things that are involved, you know, as a person would be a member of FMCA and what they could take advantage of, uh, depending on what they choose. We're, we're members as of not too long ago, we've been members for a few months. And I got to say, first of all, the magazine is, is worth it on its own. It's the best RVing magazine out there, but it seems like there are so many different things that you can get out of the organization that it's kind of what you make of it. If you want to be socially involved, you can, if you just want it for the discounts, you can just have it for the discounts. If you just want the magazines, you can just have it for the magazines or you can take it all. <laughs> that's, and that's right. We, and we have a lot of people that do it just, you know, we have some people that just do it for the magazine. You're right. And, but there are others who go to all the conventions. They're involved with multiple chapters. They're part of our legislative, uh, groups that we have, um, you know, within the organization, uh, that, that do different things. We have folks who are, you know, they do it for the education. They have, we have some folks just like to go to the conventions um, because they meet all their friends from here and there and wherever. Um, so it, you're right. It depends on what you're looking for, but we have a lot to offer to a great segment of the RVing population. And the legislative uh, side of it, do, do you guys actually do lobbying? Well, I'm not sure how much of that's being done right now. I mm -hmm. know we have done that in the past. Um, when there was uh, some pretty restrictive laws, um, there are some areas uh, of the country in different segments of states and counties that have laws about where you can park and what you can do with your RV for certain amounts of time. And um, when we get a complaint or we get a, a request from someone to look into it, uh, we do have some people that do that. It's not as much as what we had in the past because our, 
when when FMCA started, people didn't know what to do with it. So there were a lot of more restrictive laws. But since RVing has become such a, a large thing, it, it's a little bit different now because there, it's it's not an unusual thing to see RVs in your neighborhood. You know, your neighbor right down the street might have one. Um, it might bring it home for a few days to pack up and go. Maybe in the past that wouldn't have been allowed. But, you know, folks are more accepting of it. And I think legislatures throughout the country have come to realize this isn't just something a few people are doing. It's it's a widespread, you know, phenomenon throughout the country. So you mentioned uh, events and and that's sort of your area. Uh, This is kind of a big year for FMCA events. And obviously you mentioned the company sort of started out with an event uh, and and that's kind of a, a big deal to a lot of people. Talk to us about the the types of events uh, you guys are working on for this year. Well, coming up in March, uh, that the dates are March 13 through 16. We're going to be in Perry, Georgia, and this will be our uh, 11th uh, trip to Perry. It's it's a fantastic uh, facility. It's right off I 75. If you ever drive down um, to Florida or from Florida north on I 75. Uh, you'll pass right by it. You look to the right or the left, depending on which way you're going, and you can see the grounds. It's very convenient for us. The folks down there uh, who run the fairgrounds do an awesome job. They have everything we need facility-wise, and it's just a great venue to start with. That's why we end up going there so often. As far as the, the event itself, we have a number of different things that'll be going on. Even before the convention starts, we have some driving classes and um, what's called on our RV basics class, which is kind of a, a beginner's class for novice RVers to learn about how to make that motorhome or RV work as far as maintenance systems, you know, the little things that you have to know if you're going to try to be an RVer and not lose your mind. Once the convention starts, then we have four days of seminars, entertainment, a lot of social activities, uh, just a lot of different things that folks can get involved with. We have, you know, we'll have over 100 seminars. We have uh, our featured entertainment in the evenings. We have daytime entertainment. We have coffee and donuts in the mornings. There's just a whole wide range of things that folks can do depending on what they're, they're looking for out of the convention. Some people come just for the seminars. Their interest is to come and learn. Other people come to have a great time with their friends, meet up with people they haven't seen for the last six months, that type of thing. And then you're working on your 100th event for North Dakota later this year, right? That's correct. Um, in 1964, we had our first convention that was in uh, up in New York. That was our first convention. I think we had maybe um, uh, 100 coaches there. Uh, at the time. Our 100th will be in Minot, North Dakota. We've been to Minot a couple of times so far through the years. It's going to be a really neat event because we're going to do a lot of special things for this uh, for this show. We haven't planned everything out yet, but we have a lot of really good ideas about what we're planning to do. Um, that's going to be in August, the, uh, the 14th through the 17th uh, later this year. So, you know, we're going to start having... Um, a lot more information come out about that soon. Our registration starts February 13th for that show. By that time, we'll be starting to post a lot of information on our website about what's going to be happening. We'll be sending out email blasts uh, to folks telling them some of the some of the interesting and fun things we're going to be having uh, during the show. We're actually going to be at Minot, and we're excited to be doing an episode of, of the podcast from there. How many people do you normally have at one of your conventions? Well, depending on where we're at and what time of year it is, uh, our spring our spring conventions seem to do really well uh, numbers wise. We've been getting uh, twenty five hundred. Uh, we're looking for three thousand here soon. Our summers are a little bit less because folks make travel plans during the summers to go to Alaska, to go here, to go there. Usually, our spring conventions are people um, getting out for the first time if they're south, mm-hmm. maybe going home back to the north if they are staying down in Florida as snowbirds. When we were out in uh, Chandler, Arizona a couple years ago, we had a great showing from folks who were out in the snowbird community out in Phoenix. At that time of the year, we're, we're catching folks who are just starting to move. During the summer, we're trying to catch folks who are moving around the country. So uh, during our summer events, we try and find locations that are interesting to people or have interesting things around that vicinity. So they can hit spots on their way there. They can hit spots on their way 
going to wherever their next station destination is. It's actually working out sort of perfect for us. We, we would, we would actually be in at the Perry event because we're going to be traveling the, the, the Southeast here during the spring. Uh-huh. Uh, but we actually, we have to trek back to Oklahoma for a wedding, but uh, <laughs> this that happens at the same time. But I think you're right. That sort of, it just sort of hits right when, uh, we want to be somewhere <laughs> for my not, we're going to be heading over to, to Yellowstone and it's a, uh-huh. a good stepping off point for that. And we'll be hitting Yellowstone right after the busy travel season. So I think it, I think the, the locations this year work out really well, at least for us. <laughs> well, um, we try and we try what we try to do and it's, it's difficult. And I know a lot of folks don't understand how, how the whole process works about finding a, a location. It's not, you just call a place up and say, we'd like to come and it happens. It's not, it's not quite that easy. Finding dates isn't quite as easy as what some people would, would like to think. What we try to do is we try to bounce around the country. Folks in California aren't likely to come to Perry in the, in the spring. It's, you know, it's, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good haul for them. And, you know, the same as somebody up in the Northeast might not be able to go to Phoenix or Tucson or Pomona or someplace out the Southwest or West during the spring. So we try and bounce things around so folks can get there, whether it's every year or every other year, we'll be somewhere close enough for them that they're not having to drive cross country. Now, do you have to be a member to go to one of the conventions? I'm going to say, I'm going to say, how should I answer that? (laughs) I'm going to say no, but yes. And and I'm going to tell you what I mean there. We do require membership for our conventions. What's going to happen is if you're a non-member and you call us, we're going to make you a member. If you're interested in coming to one of our conventions, we will make you a member for a year and you can come to our convention. We'll do that first. We'll make you a member and then for free. And then you come to sign up for the convention. We think that if you're interested enough to come to one of our conventions and see what we're about, we're happy to give you a a one-year membership so you can check it out. And then hopefully that second year, you'll come back to us and say, yeah, I want to stay a member of FMCA. I think it's worth it. It's called the Family Motor Coach Association, but you don't have to be a family to be involved, right? That's right. Well, the, the way it was started and how they came up with the actual name, I'm not, I'm not a story enough to, about FMCA to know how that, how that all came into being. When FMCA started, it was a younger crowd as far as having families taking the kids out in these devised motorhomes that were at one time a school bus or something like that. Um, and that's the way these these folks would take their families. And it's always been that way. Um, it's it's a unit. You might have five or six people in your family, but that's one membership. So when when you look at you know, our numbers and say we're going to have twenty five hundred, well, that's twenty five hundred memberships. That's one unit. So when we say 2,500 RVs are going to be there, that's more like 5,000 people or, or however that might equate out. Usually we count two, two to a, an RV. It's always been that way. Even if an older gentleman and his wife come and his son is still part of that family. Now, they, the son can go out and get their own membership, but they're still part of that family unit. And how, how do you manage 2,500 RVs at a convention, how how does that physically work? Well, we we do, and I've been down to Perry several times with our parking uh, chief and some others who are part of this. And uh, you know, we devise up how we're going to get them in, where we're going to park them. You know, we don't bring everybody in on the same day. We do some staggering with that because I can't bring twenty five hundred RVs into that facility at one time. I don't have the personnel to do that. We would have them backed up on the highway. So we stagger, you know, when people come in and we bring a a few groups in a little bit earlier. And then our two big parking days are usually the day before and the day before that, um, the two days before the convention starts. That's our big parking days. Depending on what type of parking you get, um, we'll direct you to a certain gate or to a certain area where you'll enter. From that point, you'll either be directly parked or you'll have a parking person take you to the area where you're going to park. The last time we were in Perry last year, um, it went pretty smoothly. A lot of times it depends on the location and where you're going as far as your access points onto the grounds and the number of gates you have and things like that. So every event is different. There's no two alike as far as facilities, as far as getting, you know, getting people in, getting them parked and how that all works out. 
So it's, what, it, it is quite the process. So it, we do think about it more than, you know, just a few minutes. What are, what are the different uh, parking options and what are, what's the cost? For anybody, our registration cost is, um, it's actually going to be changing here shortly because our early bird deadline was last Friday. We extended it to this Friday. Um, so our early bird cost for registration was $225. If you want to pay by, uh, by cash or check, you can send that in to us and we'll give you a $10 discount. So it's down to two fifteen. After this Friday, this will be the last day of our early bird. The price go up to $245 for our basic registration. That gets you a parking spot that gets you access to all the entertainment, all the uh, seminars, everything that we have to offer. If you choose to have 30 amp electric, that's going to cost you a little bit more. 50 amp electric, a little bit more. Um, you can also choose to park in disabled, uh, disabled parking area. What we do for those folks is we try and get them because they do have, you know, for most of those folks, they have some uh, mobility issues so that they're on hard ground. They're not having to travel through grass or through dirt, that gravel, that type of thing. We're going to make sure that they, when they step out of their coach, um, they're on asphalt. And then, you know, have some, some special transportation uh, options there for them as far as, you know, whether it's a tram or golf cart travel or different things like that. Um, we also have folks who, you know, they might not care about electric. They're fine using their generator. So they'll just use their generator from 6 to 11. That's our general registration. We also have folks that they don't want to hear a generator at all, not even their own. So that's no generator. We also have full generator. Um, if, if somebody wants to run their generator all hours, so we'll put them in a special parking area. There's some other parking areas as well that we have um, designated that are that are kind of specialty kind of things that we don't have a lot of, but we do have the option available if if the person wants to uh, chooses to park in that area. And if somebody wants to just become a member of the FMCA and uh, isn't ready to attend an event yet, what's the cost of that and how do they do it? The first year is going to be $60. And there's also, you know, besides, you know, you can get one year for $60. If you want to do more, there's some different breaks um, up to six, six years that you can do. Renewals, $50. Also, if you renew, if you renew over a certain amount of time, there's some breaks in there as well. Um, to sign up for FMCA, it's pretty easy. You can give us a call. Um, our telephone number is 800-543-3622. You can contact them. They'll set you up with uh, one of our membership folks and they can take all the information. Um, there's also the option to do it online, um, www.fmca.com or just fmca.com will get you there. Um, you can sign up there as well and, you know, just go and do it all online. You can do that, you know, at 11 o'clock at night when we're not in the office, whenever you want. Um, and then, you know, af after that, you'll start getting some emails and some other, uh, correspondence from us saying, thank you for becoming a member. We're going to send you this, start looking for this coming in the mail, that type of thing. Yeah, you get a, you get a cool, uh, plaque. You actually get two of them to either put on your RV or on your wall or wherever the heck you want. Uh, with your member number on it. I think those are Great. cool. The goose eggs have been around for a long time and it's, it's kind of the one uh, visual uh, identification that folks love to put on their, their RVs. And we have different methods for putting them on your RVs. You know, I think when people first started, they just drum right in the sides. <laughs> Most folks don't want to just put big holes in their, uh, in the front of their tail or the, of their RV now. So we have some different methods of, uh, of attaching them. So it's not so uh, invasive of the, of the RV. Yeah. I see a lot attached to, uh, attached with brackets to their ladder on the back. Right. Often. Yeah. Right. And we have some suction cups and some other things that you can use as far as getting them on windows and stuff like that. It's great seeing other FMCA members, uh, yeah. out on the road showing off their plaques and being able to come say hi to them. Well, we, and we, we encourage folks to, to, to use the plaque because, you know, uh, you might stop in a rest stop and, um, see somebody right next to you with a, with a, with a number that's maybe pretty low. So you want to talk to them and say, how long have you been in FMCA and what's your experience been? And, um, are you still a member and what kept you there? So if somebody wants to check out the events, they can, uh, they can also register for those at FMCA.com and call the same that's phone right. number. Uh -huh. Same phone number. Just ask, uh, tell, you know, just when you're on the phone, say, I'd like to sign up for the Perry or the Minot convention and, They'll send you on back to our uh, event staff and we'll be more than happy to take care of you. 
And of course, we'll put links in the show notes for anybody to, if anybody's out there driving while they're listening, you can go to the show notes at rvmiles.com slash podcast and then the episode number and you can find uh, you can find all the information about the upcoming events and links to to FMCA's website. Doug Eulenbrock, I want to thank you for joining us from the FMCA, the Family Motor Coach Association. It's a great organization, and I hope you all check it out. Thank you. I appreciate it. We want to thank Doug Eulenbrock again for joining us on the podcast. I did want to mention one thing. He talked about the pricing for the events uh, coming up, for, uh, specifically for the Peachy and Perry event. I love that name. <laughs> changing uh, on Friday. We we did the interview on Thursday. So by the time this episode out is out, the, the pricing is as the increased pricing. But I think that's such a great deal that they actually just give you a membership to FMCA if you if you go to one of their events. And you should really check them out because they seem like a great a great place to really have some community, to see seminars. You know, if you're not looking for an RV show, it's kind of like going to an RV show without the shopping for RVs, with all the seminars and and seeing other RVers and all that sort of stuff and just getting a good sense of community. I think that's just such a a great thing. So I do too. Thanks again, Doug. Yeah. And if you can't make Peachy and Perry, you can always come up to North Dakota in August for their international rally and we will be there. So if you can't make this Georgia one, think about that for later in the summer. We would love to see you. We would love to meet you. All right. Let's wrap this episode up with a new brain teaser. Let's do it. Got a game of euchre to get to upstairs. Also, it sounds like the children are about to come through the floor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just waiting for like little legs to come dangling down, kicking around. Last week, the local primary school was visited by the government school inspector, who was there to check that teachers were performing well in their respective classes. I don't like that already. That's why we homeschool. Well, if you show up in L.A., I was going to say, you show up in L.A., there will be nobody right now. <laughs> he was very impressed with one particular teacher. The inspector noticed that each time the class teacher asked a question, every child in the class put up their hands enthusiastically to answer it. More surprisingly, whilst the teacher chose a different child to answer the questions each time, the answers were always correct. Why would this be? Because she was asking the same question each time? No, but she did have, she had a trick. She sort of set up the class to be able to do this. So she knew. I love teachers. (laughs) She was able able to call on ones that knew the answer. How did she do it? We'll have the answer to that and a new brain teaser. And and a whole lot more. so much more. (laughs) On next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Thanks for joining us again, everybody. Absolutely. And as always, find us over on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are RV Miles or Our Wandering Family, which is our personal travel blog. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Pinterest. If you are enjoying RV Miles, and we sure hope you are, we would love it if you guys would just share it around your social media channels for us. It just helps us get into the ears of some new listeners. Jason and I, as always, wish you guys a wonderful week. We hope you do not get too snowed in if that's where you are. And until then, everyone, keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.